Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome to the My Little Eater podcast. Today we are talking about solo parenting as a military spouse. So parenting on your own, feeding kids on your own, and the importance of community are all things that will come up in this episode. And we all know that parenting is hard enough when you have another adult in the home to help you with everything. There's absolutely no need to explain why that's the case when you have the teamwork that comes along with having a live-in co-parent. Obviously, there's someone to help make meals with you, to brush the kids' teeth, to help review homework. And we know that often it just feels like a juggling competition. You're passing off tasks between one parent and the other. But what about for parents who have to do it solo? Whether they are single parents or their parents are always traveling for work, or in the case of today's episode, they're in the armed forces. How do military spouses do it? So in honor of Canadian Armed Forces Day, which is celebrated on the first Sunday of every June, every single year in Canada, to honor the Canadian Armed Services, the heritage, and their personnel, I am highlighting the amazing sacrifice that military spouses make every single day and showing you a glimpse into their life, feeding and parenting kids, and basically just holding down the fort at home on their own. So today I'm so excited to say that we have Amy Morris with us. She's actually My Little Eater's project director and community manager, and she is here to talk to us about her experience as a military wife. She has two kids under four and one on the way, which is so exciting. And Amy started with us last February, basically brought her in to help get the business organized on the back end. She totally helped make the business feel legit. She helped with all the million and one things that I couldn't do anymore on my own as the business kept growing. And let me tell you, she has been a godsend. She is basically my right-hand woman and I don't know what I would do without her. So I am so excited to interview Amy today. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Yay, thanks so much for having me. So excited to be here. Yes, so, so excited to have you and so excited to get your insight because you know this life, you have lived it, you are living it. So I know you're going to give so much valuable information to everybody. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family and how long your husband has been in the military and just what it was like for you in those early days when your kids were especially under one year of age, kind of the beginning of the parenting journey. Yeah, sure. So as you said, I am the project director here at My Little Eater. Now, before that, I was a stay-at-home mom since my oldest was born in 2017. So I was out of the working field for a while. Before that, I was working in victim services. I have a bachelor's in forensic science and a postgrad diploma in victimology. So this is really different for me, but it's very exciting and I love it. My husband has been in the military for, I want to say, seven-ish years. We've been together for about 11 now. So when we first met, this wasn't his job. And so that was a really big decision to make, whether he was going to go for it or not, and what that transition would be like. 
he had a job before that was like regular hours, Monday to Friday. So moving to often irregular hours and then of course time away as well was a big change, but we didn't have kids then. So Mm -hmm. that was a little bit easier, but now we have two daughters. They're four and two, two dogs and a cat. So (laughs) our house is absolutely busy 100% of the time. And I'm about halfway through my pregnancy with baby number three. So in the fall, we are going to have three under five. So yeah, that'll be busy. <laughs> yeah, don't say so. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the early days, uh, let's see, that was basically about survival. Let's be honest. I feel like that's true for all moms, like most of the time. But, you know, for us, when my second came along, my oldest was about 20 ish months. So we had two under two. And that was just like, just do the bare minimum. You know, my, my husband had to leave when my youngest was about two months old. So he missed my oldest second birthday, he missed Easter that year. And so when he was gone, it was like, I did the bare minimum, kids were fed, dishes were done, people got baths, (laughs) laundry was washed, but probably not folded. You know, like it was just, I clean as I went and that's it. And, you know, this was pre-COVID days, obviously, but I was doing grocery pickup before it was cool because (laughs) I was not bringing both of the kids in to do all of my grocery shopping. So Mm -hmm. we did grocery pickup and anything to make life easier just to get through it really. Oh yeah. I only discovered grocery pickup recently because of COVID, maybe a little bit before that, but now I will never go back. And I could totally imagine not just like you said, as a new mom, like just any, you know, most of us are experiencing the difficulties of what it's like, especially in that first year, first two years, first three, four, it's pretty hard all the time. But as a solo parent and doing it. So I think if I understand correctly, your husband left when your youngest was, you said two months or 20 months old, two months, two months old. Mm -hmm. So you basically I mean, to be able to feed your baby at the time, entertain your toddler, play with them, schedule things out, pack things up, put them to bed, like all of the things were literally on your own. And I imagine there was very little, if not no breaks for you, right? Oh, yeah. No, like no breaks, I would say. It was like that time where my youngest was napping, then I was like entertaining my oldest. And then when my oldest was napping, my youngest was awake at that time. So there was no nap lineup schedule. Like they weren't both ever sleeping at the same time, except for at night. And by then you're just so exhausted. And I was still waking up in the night with my youngest. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was looking forward to a solid 12 hour sleep. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, okay. Can you walk us through what are some of the things that you would do like, especially because now your husband's been deployed a few times over the years, right? So what are some of the things you have learned to do as you know, like he's leaving and in preparation for him leaving that maybe make things a little bit easier for you? I don't know if that's possible, but do you have any tips for us? Yeah, sure. So for me, my biggest struggle is honestly meals. My husband is the cook in the family. So as soon as he says he has to go away, I'm like, so what do I feed the kids? It's like my first question. And so for me, what we do to prepare is that, you know, apart from what we do to talk to the girls about it, he helps me plan out that first week of meals and make sure that we're stocked for groceries for at least that first week. I know what I'm cooking and it's some easy things for me. And then, you know, he does things like 
make sure the garbage is sorted. So the first garbage day isn't a big deal and Mm -hmm. fixes things that maybe we've been putting off or like make sure I get caught up on laundry. Like he helps with those types of things so that I can just focus on what the day-to-day things are. I don't have to do the extra stuff. There's no, hopefully no surprises, at least during that first week of transition, because the first week is all about trying to get your routine down and trying to figure out how it's going to work when it's just the three of us without the extra help. And I find that I realize things that my husband does that I don't know that he's doing when he's here. And so then I have to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is something else I have to do. So it's really an interesting transition time. And it's just about trying to figure out that group. So anything that can be done ahead of time to make it easier is Mm -hmm. really helpful. Mm -hmm. That's, That's very true. Makes sense. Is there anything that you need to do in terms of like prepping the girls, your two girls, for when he's about to leave or maybe like during that week when he is gone, is there anything that you do that kind of makes the transition easier for them? So when they were really young, like under one, we didn't even really say anything because they they didn't know, right? Now that they're older, we talk to them about how daddy has to go away for work. And like my husband's in the Air Force, so he flies on a plane which they think is super cool. So I feel like that helps with the transition. We can say, you know, daddy's away, he's flying on the plane. And for them, they don't understand how far away away is. So they still, if they see a plane in the sky, will wave and go just in case it's daddy. And um, (laughs) so that's really sweet, but also like sad for me to see. But, you know, they just kind of, that's all we do. We kind of about a week ahead, we try not to bring it up too early, because then they just ask and ask and ask. So we do about maybe a week ahead that, you know, he's going to be going away for quite a while. If he's going to be missing something, then we let them know that he's not going to be home for that. Like, Mm. this time, he's, he's missed my oldest birthday a couple times. So we prepped her for that. And he gets her special gifts that he gives to her for her birthday beforehand. And so that he has, she has special presence ahead of time from him because he won't be there. I love that. I love that. That's so sweet. And like, great job, honestly, for, for what you guys are both doing. It's, it's just amazing. And I know the girls, like, you know, they obviously appreciate every one of those little things. So that's really great. And I'm wondering if you can now talk to us a little bit about, okay, so when he is gone, he's typically the cook. He's the one making most of the meals at least. But when he's gone, what do you do to survive, but obviously still be able to make like decently kind of healthy meals, at least some of the times? Like, how do you survive during that time? And how do you kind of ensure that mealtime is somewhat of a success on your own? (laughs) So yes, we'll, we'll start by saying that I set the bar very low. So Mm -hmm. I, when he's gone, I dread mealtimes the most. And so what I like to do is I try and sit down at least once a week and plan out dinners for the week. And I literally only plan out dinners. And that's what Mm -hmm. I will do my grocery shopping for everything I need for those dinners. And then for lunches and snacks, I rely heavily on leftovers and on like pantry staples that I just always have that I know will work. So For us, that means like for snacks, my girls love cheese and yogurt. So we usually do something like one of those with muffins or toast or crackers. And I just kind of switch that up. And then for lunches, we usually do sandwiches because they're the easiest and fastest Mm -hmm. or leftovers or like a very simple pasta. (laughs) 
-hmm. of some kind. So dinners, because I hate them the most, (laughs) I almost exclusively cook with a crock pot when he's gone because I do not have time to take half an hour or an hour at the end of my day to be making some sort of full course meal. Like that's just not happening. So I try to do things that I can use for two meals. So I'll do like pulled pork or pulled chicken in the crock pot and we'll have it with like potatoes and a veggie the first night. And then two nights later, I usually try to leave a day in between. We'll have the leftovers in like a wrap or on a bun for a taco or whatever and give them some sides that they can add to their sandwich. And then that's two meals. Or I'll do like a big crock pot of chili and we'll have chili one night. And then two nights later, they can use the chili to have chili dogs with like cheese and avocado or whatever it is. (laughs) And that's basically what I do. And I just, I don't stress if they eat more hot dogs, chicken nuggets, craft dinner Mm -hmm. while my husband's away. If I have to order McDonald's once a week, like I don't stress about that because while he's gone for us anyways, his deployments are fairly short. So I know that there's so many families out there that have much longer deployments than what we've had to experience. So for them, like all of the kudos to them, because I don't know how they survive six months to a year. But for us anyways, I know it's fairly short. So it's a short time when he gets back, he's making a lot of homemade options and they don't eat those things as often. So it just evens out. Totally. I so agree with you. And I, I mean, there's so many gems that you just said so many things that I'm so glad you mentioned. One is how you set your expectations. Like I think that is such a requirement for all. Again, when I even say new parents, I don't even mean just in the first year, like, you know, a a baby one year and under, I literally mean for the first 10 years. I don't know. I want to still give myself (laughs) these low, you know, these lower expectations because it's so hard. Like, we know the multiple, multiple things we have to balance out, but not just time-wise, but energy-wise. Like we don't always have the energy. So if we're always saying every meal seven days a week is going to be, you know, a balanced plate with protein and fiber and fat, and we're going to make sure that we're sitting down for a family meal and blah, blah, blah. And then it doesn't happen where it's automatically making us feel like we're failures. Instead, if we're like, I like how you are like, even I just plan out dinners, like it just makes it more manageable. And so if you're like, instead, my goal is going to be, we're going to have three meals this week that are going to be really balanced. I'm definitely giving myself at least two meals where it's like a free for all, I don't know, whatever they want. And maybe one meal takeout, at least, you know, that is like, that is success. And especially like you said, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, your husband's home other months. He is making totally homemade, amazing meals when that happens. Like there's, it's all a balancing act. And like, even for us, I know my kids in the summertime, like I don't want to cook in the summer. I am just, I want to be out of the kitchen. I want to be outside all the time. I don't want to be over a hot stove. Basically we're eating barbecued hot dogs. That's what my husband would make. And so we're eating barbecued hot dogs and maybe if we're lucky, some chicken and like, that's that. And yeah, my kids aren't eating the best, but we just get right back to it in September. So it's just these cycles and seasons that I think knowing what those expectations are, giving yourself the grace and just that ability to say, that's totally fine. And I'm doing amazing. And this is what works for us is so, so helpful. So I'm very, very glad that you said that. Okay. So here's a question I have for you. And I just wonder this, like, is it harder when you're solo parenting and you don't have like a backup parent there to, you know, 
I don't know, reinforce maybe a rule or a boundary or something like that. Is it harder for you to, to kind of set structure or enforce boundaries? And do you think it's more important to have those when you're solo parenting? You know, it makes things go more smoothly or is it kind of better to be more loose around rules and schedules and routines and all that kind of thing? So yes, it is absolutely harder when you don't have backup. And in my case, when they're teaming up on you, for Mm -hmm. sure. So, and, and you know what, when you're really tired also, it's just really hard. And if it's the same tantrum or the same argument that has happened for the past three nights, it's kind of like, okay, I don't know that I can do this today. So, you know, I feel like my girls can really sense that they can sense that something is not the same. They know that things are different when dad's not home. And as much as him not being here wears on me, it really wears on them too. Mm -hmm. So tantrums are often more frequent. Accepting no as an answer is really difficult for them. And so some days, yes, I 100% just let us have our moment and I just give in because I needed it that day. They needed it that day. And that's okay. Now. Truthfully, I probably regret it a few days later when they're trying to get me to do that every single time. But in the moment, it's what I needed. It's what they needed. And I just try to roll with it. Yeah. The one exception I have is schedules. Like I am pretty firm on schedules. I am not down to the minute or anything, but I do need to keep them. They're pretty flexible, but they have to be there or nothing would get done ever. So for us, that means bedtime routines usually look the same when dad's home as when he's away so that they can still go to bed at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that means for us, anyways, I'm super lucky they sleep all night. So if they go to bed around the same time, they'll wake up around the same time every day, which means that their meals and snacks can be around the same time as well. And, you know, it helps me plan out our days, but it also really helps them to have that consistency and they expect it now. So they for sure call me out if snack is late or dinner is late. So, you know, I try to stick to it as best as I can every day. I think that is really great advice and very helpful to know as well. And it makes sense about what you said about giving in when they need it. You know, when they're going through hard emotions and they're finding things really hard, it makes a lot of sense that sometimes you just need to meet their emotional needs at that time and give everyone a break from time to time. You obviously know how hard it can be for you at times, so we can only imagine how difficult it would be for them. So thanks so much for letting us in on that. So now I want to ask you, what are your tips, tricks, or best advice on how you can help yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed or exhaustion or fatigue or, again, having those high emotions of just having to cope and deal with everything on your own? Is there anything that you do that has worked for you over the years that you can give as advice? So for me, the most important thing that I do is I just take the day when I need it. So whether that means I am crying because I'm frustrated and I'm just overwhelmed, I will do that. And I'll do it in front of my girls too, because I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, they need to see me feel that they need to see that it's okay that I'm crying because I'm frustrated and that it's okay that I miss my husband, you know, and they need to see all of that. So I'll do that. And then if I've had one of those days, I literally take the night off. Like I've already said, I do the bare minimum when he's not here. Mm -hmm. So less than the bare minimum. Like, I mean, dishes are probably left in the sink. I probably have to rewash a load of laundry the next day. 
maybe I skip bath night, like whatever it is, I decrease even further so that I can spend the evening relaxing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Such good advice. And I just want to say that, like, I wouldn't even consider that the bare minimum. I just want to throw that out there because <laughs> you're like, dishes aren't done. I'm like, uh, my dishes are piled up right now. And like, my husband's home and my kids don't need me. So <laughs> um, I think you're doing amazing. And I, I just like that you are really free and open about showing your emotions in front of your girls. I think that's a wonderful lesson. And for them to also see that it's, it's normal to, to cry and have hard days. And, you know, we're not all holding it together perfectly. Like we have to let our emotions out somehow that's healthy. And I think that's such a wonderful example you're setting for them. So that's amazing. Okay. So my next question is how easy or hard is it to get help when you need it? And how do you ensure that you have someone to lean on or rely on when he's gone? And do you have any ideas you know, for, for others out there who are kind of in the same boat for getting some help when they need it. Okay. So this one is a little bit tricky because I feel like it really depends on your situation. So for me, I'm really lucky in that my parents just retired and they moved out East. So they're now here and they can help me when I need it. But before that, that's very, that's very new. So before that I would have to rely on my friends here that I've made And depending on how new your posting is, if you know anybody in the area when you're getting posted there, like that could be a little bit more difficult. I will say all of the military spouses I've met so far are amazing. You know, they just get it. They're willing to help out wherever they can. And really you just have to ask. I know that's so much easier said than done though, because, you know, as a military spouse, you're aware of what other military spouses are going through. So to ask them to help you out when you don't necessarily know what their spouse is doing, are they away? Are they home? Like you don't know what is going on and what's on their plate. So I find, you know, for myself and a lot of the other spouses I know, it's really hard for us to reach out and ask for that help because we just don't know what is going on for them and we don't want to add to it. But, you know, having a few of those friends and having those connections made so that if there's an emergency, you can, you know, I had a situation this past year where I had to, I had to reach out and, you know, I definitely felt guilty about it and it was hard for me, but at the end of the day, you know, they were willing to help and it just really shows how great community can be for you. So when you get a posting, I would say, try and get out there go add yourself to the groups on social media. They're there usually, you know, making friends. I mean, I say that, but I find it hard. Like I'm a big introvert, so I definitely find it awkward making friends. So I mean, I'm saying this, I would have to remind myself to do that for sure. But I feel like you wouldn't regret it. And you know, it, it helps for sure. Amazing. And I love to hear that there is such a tight knit community who is there for you. And knowing that reaching out for help isn't always easy, but being part of a community that you know you are all in the same place and that they would want the exact same type of help and support when inevitably their turn comes around and just surrounding yourself with as many like-minded people, I know it makes it easier and that's really important to remember. And hearing that from you almost gives us permission to be able to ask for help and lean on others. So that's really, really helpful. I would love to ask you one last question, and this is just going to be an open piece of advice for anybody whose spouse is about to go away for the first time. Maybe they're going to be deployed or for whatever reason, just isn't going to be around for an extended period of time. 
Do you have any last words of advice for them? You know, we already talked about it a little bit, but I would say my biggest piece of advice is to set your expectations low, you know, set them, maybe even lower them again after you've set them. Just, you know, it's not the time to try and conquer everything. You don't have to be super mom or super dad, you know, just decide on what your basic tasks are that need to get done. And those are your goals. That's it. You know, same goes for meals. Like we talked about, you know, set maybe three meals per week. You want to have a home cooked meal, set that low for yourself for activities as well. I know when I was a stay at home mom, I was always coming and going and, you know, we're, we're going to different play groups and stuff. That's different now, of course, with COVID. But when I had my second daughter that had to be restricted when my husband was gone, because it wasn't so easy for me to just get up and go. And so just, you know, set everything low. And also just don't be afraid to tell people what's going on because you're probably going to be late to something. You're probably going to have to cancel or reschedule or say, I couldn't get childcare for something. And if you can tell them, like, I don't know every job in the military, I don't know if you can always tell them, but if you can tell them, do it because people are understanding and there's you know, no shame in solo parenting and not being able to take on everything you can or everything you usually would if your spouse was home. So just be honest about it. Amen. Okay. So, so good, Amy. Thanks so much for letting us in on your experiences and opening up to us and showing your story. And I know you're providing so much help to others who are in the same situation. And also thank you so much to your husband for his time and dedication and his service. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so great. Okay, so as you can see, community and setting appropriate expectations and caring for yourself are key themes that come throughout this interview. And I hope that you all have a supportive community that you can lean on as well. I know with COVID, we've all felt extra isolated. And so I want to invite you to consider joining our Little Eaters Club, which is our new membership that's going to be launching on June 7th to be your community, your support, your place to ask for help with feeding and raising a healthy eater, to sort through confusing and overwhelming situations, to share your successes and be part of just a non-judgmental group that solely exists to help keep you feeling confident as you raise your little one over the years. We are here to provide you with the answers, you know, to all of your questions as the years go on, as your child grows and inevitably situations change with feeding. And as you come across things for the first time that you've never experienced before, we have a huge and ever-growing library of video content to answer your most burning questions every single month, as well as monthly coaching sessions with me. We're going to have exclusive guides and resources that deep dive into nutrition and make all the things that I teach you on the daily so much easier to implement. We also have monthly recipes that are all dietitian approved for babies and toddlers and beyond to just take the guesswork out of what to make. And we're also bringing in guest speakers to tie in all the relevant aspects of parenting, have some playgroups and more. So if you are interested, get on the wait list now by clicking the link in the show notes to get exclusive founding members pricing. So this is discounted pricing to the Little Eaters Club for life as one of the founding members. So like I said, jump on the waitlist by clicking the link in the show notes. Okay, I hope you all have a wonderful day and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.